and welcome to another episode of Talking Simulator, the story screen podcast where we take a look at the narrative of video games for a change. We put those movies to the side. Get them out of here. For a minute. Just put them to the side. We can still keep them. Meh. We're not throwing them out. I hate movies now. Robbie hates movies now. He, hey. always, he always hated movies. That's the twist. <laughs> That's why he's never seen any of them. I went to school for movies, and I realized I hate movies. I hate them. They're bad. That's, that's what they teach you. They, yeah. They, they don't teach you like anything in college. That's the thing. They just teach you to hate. Yeah. Robbie Anderson here. Hey, Robbie Anderson here. I'm Jack Kolodzewski. We're here for another episode of Talking Simulator, the second official episode of Talking Simulator. The first episode, we covered Bioshock. We did a deep dive of the narrative of Bioshock. Check it out. Um, if you haven't heard that, go check that out. That's somewhere buried in our podcast feed somewhere. Is that, is that a pun? Like buried under the sea? Like burial at sea? Yep. Deep dive. Deep burial, dive. Burial at sea. All these things. You're such a the big daddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. The big daddy-o. That's you. That's me. Hey. Um, so today we are going to talk about another game that I find very narratively interesting. Mm-hmm. Um that is a first for Robbie. I have played this before. Yeah, I've only recently played it. Uh, we actually played through it together. Yes. The game is called Inside. Yeah. Uh, it is the second game in Play Dead's uh, wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Play Dead being the studio that made Limbo yes. originally. Limbo, I want to say, I might have to fact check myself on this one, but it was an Xbox 360 game. It was one of the, the uh, Xbox Live Arcade games. I, I believe it launched there. Now you can play it like say, virtually anywhere. I want to say 2008 or 9. Oh, Google help me. Well, wherever it came from, which you're looking up right now, you can play Limbo like on your fucking toaster. Yeah, game Limbo on is on oh, July 2010. Okay, oh, okay. So it was a little early. There you go. Um, but it was one of the like earlier xbox live arcade games yeah it was made by a very small team played as is, is a is a very small team one of the modern um, examples of like what a contemporary indie video game kind of can look and feel like yes um yeah you can play it on your phone now you can play it on pretty much pretty much everything everything um but it was a cool like example of an of an indie video game that was telling a narrative that was not Right there at surface level. And yeah. I think Inside is a game that totally expands on that in a huge way. And it's, it is a, a, Inside is a very unique game, I think. There are, there are a few like copycats like it, but there's, there's really nothing like it. I was playing it and part of me was just like, I wish that someone would remake Metal Gear kind of like Inside okay. almost, you know, where like you, you make it a little bit more stealth action y, less uh-huh. like kind of, you know, contextually mechanical. Yeah. Or even like more so, you know? What was that other Xbox Live Arcade game Shadow, that was Shadow Shadow Complex? Complex. Yes. yes. Shadow yes. Complex is kind of what I'm describing, but I want even more more toned down than Shadow Complex. Sure. Like you only have a trank. Yeah, that'd and be you cool. only move left to right. Or Almost. you can snap next as well. That'd be cool. Yeah, you should be able to snap next, or at least do the do the bear hug where they go to sleep. Herbie, if you uh, stop me if you've heard this one before, mm. they should make Metal Gear Solid again. Oh yeah, I think we still need more time because Survive is still a thing. Uh, Survive has a higher Metacritic score than Fallout seventy six right now. Well, that's not too yeah. hard, is it? <laughs> I guess um, not. <clears throat> but Inside. So Robbie, mm. this was your first time playing Inside. It was. Tell me about your experience on a high level. Uh, well, first of all, I want to say I want to commend you for like kind of keeping your mouth shut as I'm playing the game. It was nice to have you as my wikis team, though. Anytime yes. I get stuck on a puzzle, you're yes. able to like, guide me through it. I was your uh, games. Uh, you're like the or- the guy in the chair. Game FAQ. Yeah, there you go. That was me. That's yeah. you. Um, but playing it like so, my kind of history with play dead games in general was I played a little bit of Limbo, uh, but never like got super into it. Never beyond even like the first like few minutes because I think I was playing on my phone, and that game does not, not it does not control well on the phone. So I got stuck in a puzzle, and like I can I can drop phone games like it's hot. Like I just be like next, yeah, don't I mean, even want to want to fuck with you. Probably paid ninety nine cents for it, uh, or you yeah. got it for free, and you're like, well. This is not for me. Yeah, so, you know, not not trying to speak to the quality of the game, more of the quality about intelligence, but... Uh, <clears throat> or your attention span, at least. That's probably more like it. So playing Inside, um, 
immediately just stunned by how the video game looked. It um, is a looker. Yeah, we're, we were playing it uh, in 4K on a pretty big fucking TV, so it was probably the best way you could play that video game. We were I got doing the setup. It. I got the setup. Jack's got you. the setup. Um, but yeah, immediately impressed with just like the art direction, the style, the colors, the animations. The animations I was very impressed with just the entire time. The lighting really the is lighting. what strikes me. Uh, yeah, the lighting was very good. Because like... Limbo, and the sound, and the sound too, I mean. and the sound. We'll yeah. get to the sound. Limbo had this cool diorama look, where you are a silhouetted character running through the world, and there are multiple layers of background and foreground right. that are kind of working, interplaying, and kind of giving you this like three D kind of like almost like you're a, looking into. It's not just a two D world. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like looking into it and there's a lot of depth to it from yeah that. it's like a like stereoscopic kind of yes. or even like if you played like the rayman games almost yeah. similar to that but you can't engage with the background right you're not going into the background and foreground yeah. but there is a lot of, of texture back there mm-hmm. and inside takes that and just brings it up to the next level because yeah. it, it's a much more there's a lot more to the visuals although the visuals do have this kind of like hard to describe but how would you describe it it's like visuals of inside of inside yeah there's like kind of like a cold look to everything like sure a lot of the tech there's not a lot of like actual texture work to it so much as you know hard metallic surfaces yeah the game looks it's almost like it's like glossy in a good way um glossy is not bad like your 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 character model is a boy yeah like a young looking boy and he's like kind of smooth yeah, I it mean, doesn't that's, have a face really. I think that might be just kind of a good way to describe the game. It's smooth, like everything looks kind of like smooth. There's not really too many jagged edges. It's very right. like kind of like round, and even like when you're in like certain, excuse me, like factories and things like that, it's never too harsh or jagged. But the the game feels very mute at times in a good way because I think that's like what they're trying to convey is like you're in this. At least what you think in the beginning of the game, you're in this like Orwellian society, right? Where you kind of start in a forest. Exactly. You're like you're you're on the run. Um, the beginning of the game. I mean, I think the cool thing about the game is you know where you start off playing the game and where I start off playing the game. I was like, all right, I'm on the run. Okay, yeah. Um, Which makes sense because you're a boy that's like running through the forest, and it seems like any other person that you encounter is just trying to capture you or murder you murder you yeah Yeah. and that should have been like the immediate red flag of like well how come they're okay with you getting murdered how come they're okay with like tranking you as well like how come it's not one or the other you know and that's kind of like the first kind of contextual clue as to maybe what's going on when you kind of like look back at it like retrospectively but you know going through the game and just seeing like you know eventually you're like I'm not really running away from things. I'm kind of getting like I'm deeper running. into something. Inside where are all something. these people running to? Inside. Or where are all these people running from? I already fucked up the joke. Yeah. I was trying to make a most extreme elimination challenge joke, but I fucking biffed it. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing about I think about this game and the the I think the thing that we'll probably unpack a lot over the course of this episode <laughs> is the narrative structure of this game. We talked in uh, in the last episode about Bioshock a lot, about how they built a lot of context into the world, and they mm-hmm. did that by giving you a lot of audio logs, but also like painting some of the, the actual like storytelling that's going on sure. into the actual environment. Inside, that's all they're doing. That's like all yeah, of it. There's they no are, audio log. There's, no, there's literally not there a single dialogue alphabetical character at no, all. No yeah. spoken word. No text. There's some numbers, but that's it. Yeah. Um, and everything that you get <clears throat> from the game, story-wise, narrative-wise, is shown to you. And you, mm-hmm. you as the player and as the viewer, are responsible for piecing that narrative together. And I think there's a lot in there, both in the way that you play it and also what the game is actually showing you that I think really creates a very strong, interesting narrative with a lot of depth to it. Um but it's it's one that like you could finish and just I mean you had this experience last night you finished yeah. it and it was kind of just like I was like whoa it just happened I mean like you know you get to the kind of I guess it would be we'll, like we'll the build up sure but yes. you get to like that last act of the game yeah. and it's you literally could not have seen it coming no there's no, there's just no way there's Definitely just no not. way you could have seen it coming which is like you know it's it's the it's 
a sign of a developer who is holding their cards to their chest, right. who is deliberately giving you a story experience, you know, not unlike games like The Last of Us where it's not about player choice. They're giving you a story. You're playing the story. You're not just the hero. You can be the villain. You can be ambiguous. And it's not up to you. Like, you don't right. get to make those choices. And, you know, there's something to be said about both. You know, I can get down with a good choose-your-own-adventure. But I always really hold the high standards video games that, like, commit to giving you a narrative. Right. This is a... a it's interesting because it is, at the same time, a very crafted linear narrative experience sure you're running from left to right for the most of the time you can't do anything else <laughs> that's yeah. your that's your goal and that kind of plays into the narrative as well which we'll get into more as we talk more about this but it's also very interpretive at the same time yeah it's it is straightforward and linear but at the same time you have to be the one to kind of put together the pieces of what's going on here. i mean the game by nature of it being a puzzle game the game's constantly giving you questions you right. know by, yeah. by it being a puzzle game the question is how do i solve this puzzle but then visually they give you questions of just like why is this like this what why is, is this creature here, here? Yes. why are people floating upside down in the water yes. like why are there pigs with worms sticking out of them? exactly and you know it's uh it, it kind of reminds me of like the jj abrams question block a kind bit. of like way of like storytelling but um a lot more inferable which i could see like if you're watching something that can maybe be infuriating but in a video game because you have agency yeah and the way you get to like kind of you know interact with those questions make it a lot more fun because like in a show there's only so much solving of a question cube or block that you can do well you're looking at a guy who spent many a night on a on lost forums. Sure, but that but that's you engaging with the narrative. Yes. So in a video game where you even have more agency in engaging with the narrative, games like Inside, those are great. True. You know. Um. And I yeah I I really think we we were talking about uh, I brought up to you Upstream Color last night. Yeah. Which is a movie that you hadn't seen either, but mm-hmm. um. It's made by Shane Carruth, the director who also directed Primer. So if any of our listeners have seen either Upstream Color or Primer and have not played Inside, that's kind of what you're you're getting is like you are getting this narrative that has a lot of folds and layers that mm-hmm. you as a viewer are kind of responsible for putting together and like figuring out on sure. your own, um, which I think is cool. It's a, It's cool to see something like that in a video game because there's not too there, – it's not the only – game that does this but there's not a ton of examples of games that present their narrative yeah. in this way there's definitely some really cool video games that like tackle player agency and what it means like the meta commentary of like you controlling a character and like what that relationship can I be i mean bioshock is an example right there bioshock's a great example of that yeah. uh, metal gear solid 2 is another really yes. good example of that where you know you're kind of like the, you're flipping that idea of just like, well, how like you're controlling this person kind of for better or for worse. Right. And like, you know, it's cool that you almost feel like a sense of guilt from right. being like, oh, I had to do this thing. Yeah. Well, same, with Bioshock. Do, same with Bioshock. You're doing this yeah. thing that you don't really have any agency or control over, even mm-hmm. though it's giving you this kind of illusion of false choice. Whereas this is, you don't have a choice. You're just doing this thing. You're playing this thing. Yeah. You don't really know what's going on. And it's kind of our unraveling in front of you as you go along. Mm-hmm. And the pieces are all there, but you have to put them together yourself. And I think the game really plays off of like Play Dead's history. Like, you know, I didn't play too much of Limbo, but I know Limbo is kind of like you're running from a lot of things. Sure. And this game starts off similar to a Limbo. Like, it's a much nicer looking version. Um, right. It's a different version, but like... Your, I think your brain, if you know anything about Play Dead, or even just like the context clues you're picking up in the beginning of the game, you're like, the all the emotional context you need for it, even though it could be false, is, well, I got to get out of this situation. I got to keep running, hopefully mm-hmm. to freedom. Right. And that's all you need, you know? Sure. And But that's interesting. For you, how did that change as you were playing? Was there a point as you were playing where... You realized I'm not running away from something. I'm running towards something. Embarrassingly, like kind of until the twist. Okay. I kind of was holding out hope. I'm just like, well, maybe like I guess there's a few moments where I was just like, why am I in these predicaments still? Why am I? Well, you're pushing deeper and deeper into this facility. Complex. I guess yeah. To add a little bit of context here, I think from here on out, pretty much spoilers. Gloves are off. We've already talked about kind of the bigger beats of the narrative, but we're going to talk specifically about 
the plot of Inside. If you've not played Inside before, you can get it on Steam, Xbox, Switch, PlayStation. It's a two and a half, three and a half hour game. Yeah. Usually it goes for like 20 bucks, but I've seen it go Cheaper. way lower than that yeah. all the time. So definitely keep your eye out for this one. because This I, isn't really like a review show, but that game is worth your time. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. we wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't worth your time. For sure. Because the yeah. whole premise of the show is where we find these games to be interesting enough to sit down and talk about them yeah. narratively. Um, and I, I want to touch on again before we get too deep into the actual like flow of the story is... I think also what makes this game work just from, from a game where you're mostly running from left to right the whole time, you're solving yeah. puzzles. And I do think the puzzles are all very clever and we can talk about this sure. more as we go along as well, but it is just, it's really a looker. And when we were talking about how like yeah. it has that like flat look to it, but the way that the, the play dead had used lighting in this game mm-hmm. just gives everything so much. You really texture. have to see, you have to see the game in motion. Yeah. Because, like, you know, as much as, like, stills of the game, like, they look fine. They look good. Yeah. But, like, seeing, yeah, the lighting dynamically change or, again, like, I, the animations are lovely. Top notch. Yeah. They just yeah. look so good. The animations on the boy, especially, like, all yeah. the, like, movement animations. And there's a lot of... um like bespoke animations for like small things that you're doing where yeah. you're like crawling through things or reacting to things or landing a certain way. It feels very organic, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like there's, there's a lot of like dynamic animation going the, on there. The feel of the way you interact with the character, you know, it just feels really good. Where I, I feel like with like Limbo and I'm not trying to like knock Limbo for the limited time I played it, but like, you know, you're the boy in Limbo, like it's a little bit clunkier he has like kind of an awkward weight to him at times, I think, sure. which makes it hard to do some of those puzzles. Limbo really had a feel to it. It's very deliberate. I mean, the aesthetic difference between Limbo and Inside is a mm-hmm. pretty huge gap. I mean, Limbo came out in 2010. Inside didn't come out until 2016. 2016. Yeah. So they spent six years making this game. Right. And it really shows just the level of detail and polish that this game is so polished. Like it is yeah. tight. And that's like, you know, uh, I'm someone who likes your 80-hour experiences. I'm also someone who likes, you know, your three-and-a-half-hour experiences. Yeah. And it shows, like, what a team can do by making something kind of concise yeah, and condensed. Yes. And, you know, that's when you can, like, focus on polish. And that's when you can be like, we already are going from here to here. And we just need to make from here to here as dope as it possibly can be you know <laughs> i think they made it pretty fucking dope it's pretty fucking dope yeah and you can tell that there's not there's not a lot of fat on that thing like no. as far as a you can play this game in one sitting we did i think that when i played it originally i played it in two sittings if we weren't kind of trying to like fit because we originally thought we were going to record that night so and then you know we got to a point where we're like well we're not gonna record tonight but we might we're so we can finish it, yeah, yeah we can be done with it you know and it's definitely a game, you know, I, I'm i glad that I had a day to kind of sit on it. Yeah. And uh, it's definitely a game, where, which Jack mentioned before, maybe that uh, it benefits from going on YouTube or going on forums yeah. and just kind of trying to, you know, be or a part of that conversation. Thinking about it. I yeah. mean, YouTube, there's plenty of videos where they've done the thinking for you. Right. And there's, there are some long theory videos on YouTube where they, and I think the cool thing is, you can spend a long time studying this game because mm. there's so much detail jammed into every frame of the environment that you're running through. Yeah. Um, that there's there's so much like detail in the backgrounds going on that the game is not always necessarily drawing your eye to, but it's always there. Um, so if you really wanted to like dig in and unpack this, there's a lot there to go off of. It's also very interpretive, like uh, all good art. Like, should be, where, you know, it's, like I mentioned before, it's giving you a narrative. You're not having a ton of choice in the matter, but, like, it's very interpretive and like, the way that you analyze the game and the way that I analyze the game can be totally different because Play Dead has not, you know, put out a statement of the narrative being here nor there, you know? They just gave you the game. Right. Definitely. And there's definitely room for, for flexibility in your interpretation there, which is cool. Yeah. So, okay. That said... Let's dig into what the story is doing here. A boy has to break into a facility. Yes. And he's attempting to free 
Um, what I guess played it actually. I read on Wikipedia. It's called the Huddle. The Huddle. The Huddle. That's which is a good. Really it's a really good, good name. name yeah. It. Which is like it's funny that they even. Like, I think that might be, like, the design term of it, but, like, I think people have, like, attached themselves as being, like, that's what it is, is the huddle. And uh, That's a very good name. It's a I've very never, good that's name. That's my first time hearing that. I went on Wikipedia just to be like, did Play Dead say anything concrete about the narrative? Just okay. to kind of see. And that's, like, the one thing. Because apparently, like, I think they were designing that for, like, a while. And that was, like, one of the earlier things that they were trying to, like, create. Sure. That was, like, sort of at the <clears throat> top of their design document. That's, what it's, that's like kind of what it seemed like. And, you know... It, it just talking about like animations and stuff like it is very impressive. Well, let's let's back up there. and get there sure. because I guess that you could summarize what happens is, is in this game is you're a boy running towards this facility. Mm-hmm. You kind of run through like some farms and some like outskirts of the facility first. Eventually, you make your way into this facility. It seems very clear that there is some testing going on in the facility. Mind control being one of them and, yeah. and mind control becoming one of the major mechanics that you're using throughout the game. And then eventually you make it to this giant chamber where there is this giant mass of flesh of arms and legs and yeah. this like globulous kind of flesh like floating in this tank, tank of water. And you wind up freeing it and it consumes you. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the flesh monster escapes. The yeah. huddle escapes. And then, you know, by the end of the game and when you get to the secret ending and stuff, the question becomes like, uh, how in control or how much agency did your character have in the first place, you know? Which is the cool thing about like the thing that this game is doing with agency. Because like you said, when you started the game, right? Yeah. It felt like you were running away from something. Yes. And when you start this game, all you can do is run to the right. Yeah. And you just keep running to the right. There's very few backtracking or, you know. Right. There's a, there's there's exploratory elements and they're rewarding when you get to them and that's how you get the secret ending. But right. I mean, sometimes going left leads to those. To those things, To yeah. progress, you're always running to the right. Right. And I think you as a player, uh, we're kind of conditioned to always just sort of run to the right. That's kind of been yeah. Taylor's oldest time. I don't know if I've ever played a platformer where you explicitly start running to the left. I think my brain would have a hard time with that. I think, I mean, the only time where that really happens is when you're playing like Metroidvanias, which like are... Okay, sure. You know, but that's like, you're not just going different. to the left, you're going up, down, this way, because you're yeah. na- you're navigating something. Right. Um, but still, there is this like pull to just run to the right. Yeah. And as you go further deeper into the facility. I think it's when you look at it from it's, it's actually a game that really is rewarding to play twice. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad I got to watch you play through it. Um, for your time on, on more just things. It. Yeah. And also just watching it happen. I picked up on a lot of things because so in the first game or in limbo, there is a, a, at a segment where you get taken over by a brain slug. Mm. The thing attaches to your brain and you have to kind of like, fight control to continue running to the right. Um, And early in this game, you kind of run through this farm and there are a bunch of pig carcasses kind of laying around the farm that all have these weird, gross worms sticking out of them. Eventually you confront one of the pigs that's like attacking you. Yeah. You have to jump over it, knock it out and then pull the worm out of it. And then it kind of like chills back down like Mm -hmm. a normal pig. So it seems like, I don't know. I don't want to say like these two are connected, but they're using the similar idea of this brain worm that has some sort of like control, mind control power to it. And then from there, they're expanding that out because the deeper you go into the facility, that's when you start to see the experiments that are going on where in the facility, there's these kind of, was there any sort of name for it on the wiki? For all the for just, the facility and stuff. Well, no, for like the people in the facility that you. You know, control. I think I think some people like just kind of refer to them as the as scientists, but I'm even kind of hard pressed to be like. I meant specifically like the things that you take over. Oh, um, no, I've heard husks and things husks like that, but I I, I don't think that there's like a technical term for them. Yeah, so yeah. there are these kind of husk beings, kind of. Laying around. They look, almost look like kind of like turned off zombies. You know, they, they're humanoid looking. They're people. Yeah. Um, for the most part. They're like opaque though. Yeah. They've got that same like sort of putty look to them. Like yeah. they're faceless. They have no like no real 
like identity. They mm-hmm. all kind of just look like they look like the um, what are they called? The putties from Power Rangers, like the bad guys from Power Rangers. <laughs> Much more uh, muted. Yeah. But yeah, I can see that a little bit. Yeah, um, so it kind of reminded me of uh, Reed Dead's from Zelda. Okay. okay time. Yeah, sure. Just like movement wise. Yeah, um, a little bit. They've got kind of like a loose movement to yeah. them. Um, so you wind up, in order to progress and solve puzzles, you wind up jumping up into these like kind of mind cap things. Yeah. And when you do that, you can possess these Two zombies. or more of these zombie people. And, yeah. And you're using them to solve puzzles and stuff. Well, that's actually a really cool moment. Like the first time you do it is really cool because you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? So yeah. I'm like controlling this guy. <clears throat> and then later on where you are controlling your character you control one of the the husks yeah and then you need to jump that husk into another mind control helmet yeah you're doing like a, you're doing to, an inception yeah, yeah. you got to go a level deeper and control mm-hmm. another husk i um, thought it was also cool like in the very beginning of the game you're being followed by these like chicks and by the late part of the game like it's the same kind of like mechanic where like all these people are following you and yeah. you're like you know i i was listening to a podcast about it today and they called him like kind of like a pied piper character where people are like following him um which you know in the earlier part of the game it's kind of like yeah maybe he has this agency where people like look up to him and respect him but then like by the end of the game you're like you question who's really in control who's really in control yeah yeah um sorry i was just looking something up that i'll bring back again there's no updates on it but unfortunately but i'll come back to that later um yeah, so as you go deeper into the facility, you're kind of getting the idea of what kind of experiments are going on. Yeah. You mentioned it before, it's kind of like an Orwellian like that's what it seems like society yeah, where, where like they're they're always watching you yeah. and you know, if you if you believe that your character's on the run, which, you know, I think a lot of people probably did in the first playthrough in the beginning, you know, these people are chasing you, they're wearing masks. Yeah, the masks are really creepy. They're well, very ominous. It's weird because like all the characters are faceless except some wear masks. Right. And, you know, I'm not really sure how to interpret that. Yeah. Um, but that's definitely a thing. You know? Yeah. Well, because it's you as the player character seem to be human for all intents and purposes. Yeah. There are these husks that are in the facility, but then there are kind of scientists and workers that work in the facility, right? As well as the kind of henchmen that have dogs that are hunting you down and which are also like just trying to hunt you down. Which yeah, yeah the dog moments terrifying, are terrifying. Like Limbo, if you've played Limbo, Inside has. A lot. You die a lot. You die a lot. Game. There's a lot of times where the game will, like, you know, purposely kill you. So you're like, all right, well, I'm not going to do that again. Yes. You learn by dying in a lot yeah. of cases, which normally would be kind of frustrating to, like, be a tr- trial uh, trial and error sort of thing. Sure. But you also, like, jump back into it so quickly that it, you don't really miss much. The game doesn't really have, like, a gameplay loop. Which is good because then you don't really get too tired of it. Like there's, you know, what I mean by that is that like, you know, it's not so much like you're you're doing the same thing. You're maybe like inputting the same things every once in a while, but you're not engaging the game like on a loop. You know, you're not like dropping to an area, killing a thing, taking the thing out like it would in Metal Gear Solid. Like, you're just kind of progressing. You're progressing. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, if something jumps at you and kills you. That's not to say that you're ever going to be prepared for the next one. Yeah. Because it's contextual. Right. Every single experience in the game is, is unique. Is like a crafted moment. Right. So every time you're like running away from a dog in a certain mm. way, like that's crafted that moment. And yeah. if you fuck up and fail, it's going to play out the same way again. Usually, like, you know, there's a lot of times you have to drag something or move something to solve a puzzle. It's never really the same thing. You know, no. sometimes it's a pig. Sometimes it's a box. Right. Sometimes it's a raft. But like and it's they, usually different. They do well to teach you those mechanics and like kind of build on their puzzles, especially mm-hmm. when they introduce a new mechanic. Like when they introduce the mind control for the first time, like it's a very simple puzzle that you're solving. Yeah. And then gradually as gets you more do more complex. and more, it gets a little more complex. Yeah. And then they introduce new things like there's kind of like an anti-gravity section mm-hmm. where you're floating through the water and you have to like change gravity. There's these boxes that you pull and then they kind of like rocket you up they rocket up yeah. and those puzzles like kind of gradually get more complex and then those different mechanics kind of yeah. meld together and you're doing multiple things at once be it 
mind controlling, uses the boxes, using the anti-gravity stuff. It's very much like, uh, I think the last game I've seen, the two examples come to mind with that. And I think Breath of the Wild, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, is, does a really good job of building and teaching you and making you like, kind of, if like, if you're not getting it, you'll fuck up and then kind of figure it out. Right. And then my other example is Portal 2. Yes. And maybe even just Portal. You know, the whole game is designed around like teaching you how to beat a level or you teaching yourself how to beat a level, you know? Right. Right. Um, which is inherently good game design. That is great like game design. Build yeah. on that stuff. And then if you have a dope physics engine like both those games did. Yes. Then I it's mean, a lot of fun. That's the thing that all three of those games have in common. Is great is physics. They have yeah. Very good physics. And the kind of momentum based character movement that's going on mm-hmm. in your character extends to all the other like physics that are going on so it just yeah. feels really good to interact with the world and stuff mm-hmm. yeah um so as you progress further in you're also kind of seeing other experiments that are going on in the facility yeah not just my control even like yeah the weirder shit there's that section with the long-haired girl yeah terrifying A million questions about her and what she does yes because she also like eventually gifts you the ability to like breathe underwater breathe underwater yeah and then so. potentially I, I guess also like it's at that point you can also start controlling the husks without like a helmet yes so you you die and change in some way in that sequence right um it's not you know again up to interpretation not not quite sure how to analyze that moment sure sure and then as you continue to progress eventually you make it to this big chamber yeah. which is also a really cool moment cuz as you're getting closer and closer, you start to see all the other people in the facility just running towards something. And they also like are not trying to fuck with you anymore. They, they pretty much ignore you. Yeah. Because they're all trying to get to the same place that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Where you wind up pressed up against the glass of this big chamber. Yeah. And, and you as like... It's a the, cool tease. It is very cool. And like you as the audience, you, you still can't see what's in there. Yeah. Like, you're, like, up against the glass. You still can't see what's in there. And I remember, like... I, I was there for a long time. Yeah, because I was just like, all right, when's the next thing going to happen? And I love it when games do that, when they kind of, like... Let it hang. Yeah, they're just like, this is not it. You're waiting for something that's not going to happen. Uh, the same thing happened, like, um, when you get pulled down by, like, the underwater girl. Like, I was, like, struggling for a minute, and you I was, like... You the buttons for a while. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I guess this is... I have to die. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever she's doing to me. Right. Um... Well, then eventually you figured out that you actually have to, like, break into that chamber. You're yeah. on your own. You have to. That's, like, one of the few times you actually have to kind of backtrack a little bit a little to bit. get into something. You can something. go back a little bit to go up and right. around and get into the chamber. And then you actually get sucked into the chamber. Naked. After you solve a little yeah. puzzle. Yeah. Your clothes just, like, get pulled off when you're in the water. And even up until that moment, and even when I was playing the game, like, you know, you're you're ripping the nodes off of the, of the, of the huddle. And which is are the same nodes that you wear to mind the same mind caps, yeah. Yes. And then uh, there's four, but by the third one, they suck you in, and then you just become the creature. Yes. And then you're floating in this tank, and you rip open the glass, and then you're just it's just chaos as you're like, running through run, the facility. Yeah. But it gets you know, and then even you know, this is when all the questions arise in the game. Yeah. And it's you know juxtaposed, not to use that. That word sucks, but it's juxtaposed against like, you know, you have all these questions, but you, you feel like you just need to get the fuck out it's of there. It's this like moment of triumph and yeah. energy. Like but also just, like you're kind of like a monster. Like you know, your character is like moaning in pain the oh, yeah. entire it's, time. It's like. It, yeah. Like, it's got that like, like many voices just like. Yeah. Kill, kill me. Yeah. Kind like, of. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a moment of tri- And you're just like B-rolling it. Like, you know, you can. It's a. Steamrolling. Well, like it's steamrolling, but it's like a, it's like a power fantasy um, where yes. you know you can break through walls. You can, and the, I, I got I got that from like a podcast I was watching. But like you're breaking through walls, you can throw things, you can reach higher than you ever could before. Right. Well, um, when you're the boy before, you're like very limited in what you can actually in, like mobility wise. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also you're very vulnerable because. Sure. The entire time you're trying to like hide and run from all these. Yeah, you're not running away from shit. When no, you're the boy. they're running away from you. Kinda, because eventually they kind of start like helping you. Well, they figure out they can maybe corral you. See, that's I think that's the thing. It's it it's open to interpretation because like, is this kind of a part of the test? Are they being like, well, let's get him out of here and we'll help you do these things? So, 
The only reason I think for sure that they're trying to corral you is because they're helping you. They help you along until you wind up like that. You can see them pull open like a little vent and then you fall into that vent and then you're stuck in another water chamber, Mm. which I think is them trying to trap you again. Sure. I mean, I know there is one. So like the only thing that makes me question that is like, so at the very, at the ending moment of the game, you bust out of the facility, you're rolling down this like hill um, but there's like a diorama near the chamber before you escape. That is the hill. Hmm. So it kind of alludes to like, maybe this is all the experiment. Maybe this is something that happens on repeat. And then when you get to the secret ending, it's breaking that, breaking the cycle. that cycle, mm-hmm. you know? And again, like, I don't think there's, there's only so many, I don't think there's a lot of right or wrong ways to analyze the game, sure. you know? But, uh, that was something that kind of clued me into like, you know, I think it'd also be as easy like you kill one of the fucking scientists on the way out. I'm sure that wasn't planned. No, know? definitely like, not. Yeah, yeah, so like it could easily oh, it could be you kill the fuck out of him. He just, gets so murdered, and it's it's another thing that should kind of clue you in is like you can't Katamari Damasi humans, right? Even though you get sucked into it, the boy gets sucked in exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's kind of a clue into like you know is the boy is is of some different makeup because you know it's not that the creature just absorbs at will that's like not how it works right you know yeah so that's i guess the cool like narrative of this game is you're trying to piece all this together and the game gives you a lot of clues and a lot of nods and a lot of all the pieces are there when it gives you the biggest question it also makes you kind of move the fastest because right. like you know you, you can be stationed you can do whatever the fuck you want but like the, the music ramps up the yes. stakes feel different and we haven't talked that much about the sound in this game incredible it's so good incredible. the music is so great there's there's moments there's a puzzle midway th- well probably towards the end of the game where there's like a repeated pulse through yeah. the air it's like the uh inception horns are yeah, trying to kill kind you of, kind of yeah. yeah and there's a moment where you like do a you finish a puzzle and the music kind of changes and the sound like kind of blanks out and it yeah. adds in this like ambient music to like the pulses it's just it the sound just really really works that well i mean i think the sound in the, in the whole game is very good but it's it's a standout in that moment for yeah. sure like that's like the the thing to remember when you're in that section, which is like puzzle wise, did not have a ton of fun fighting against well, the sound thing. It's, str- it's stressful, yeah, yeah. you know, but it was very cool. Uh, and I think that's kind of what makes Inside work is not only the narrative structure and the interesting, compelling narrative that you're trying to piece together as you play through it, mm-hmm. but also just how good it looks and how good it sounds make that a very pleasurable experience to go through. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely something that like, um, because I kind of almost for like all intents and purposes, like it's it's kind of like a horror game. Yeah, you know, like I think that's kind of like the the ambiance at least that's setting up. But it's like you know, definitely not a happy game. It's not a happy game. Um, but uh, it's a game I kind of feel like I already like want to play again because like I think about the way the game just like it feels so good. Yeah, I really love the way the game feels, and then I feel like you know once you kind of know how to solve all the puzzles, like. You could just kind of watch it like a movie at yeah, that point. You, you can know? barrel through it pretty quickly. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, I really think like the way it feels, the way it looks, and the way it sounds all allows this really interesting narrative to yeah. like breathe, and it just makes it a total pleasure to play. Um, so let's talk about what we actually – let's like talk about our interpretation of this story. Sure. Because right? I think I proposed my interpretation to you – last night especially Mm -hmm. after so along the way there's these kind of secret puzzles that you can find yeah if you finish all the secret puzzles there is a kind of like secret ending there are these these nodes so to speak that you are breaking which are some of the cooler like more interesting challenges in the game i mean speaking to like the idea of um that i mentioned before where like no two puzzles are necessarily the same or like new two things are moving necessarily the same right there is one one of the nodes you have to like fight off walls with a torch. Right. It's the only time you do that in that game. They right. only included that mechanic, which is like, you know, like it, you don't you don't do anything like that in the game. There's no point where you're holding a stick and moving it around or flailing it. No. Nope. There's no point where you even have like an attack or a fend off. It's the only time in that game, and it's an extra. It's like it's a side. Se- thing. It's a secret area. Yeah. yeah. So 
you're shutting down these nodes that go all the way out to pretty much the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. I think there's one per chapter that you can disable. That makes sense. And then once you do this, there's a secret place you can go to. But you have to like reload the... You have to go back. Yes. You have to like yeah. load to an earlier chapter. Because you can't, you literally can't backtrack like no, in the game. No, no, yeah. no, no. You are, you're like reloading, which actually lends to your idea of this being like a loop that you're trying to break. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe if this is a loop, the kid, like each new kid is going through and pulling some of these things I, out. Well, I definitely, so I, do you want to finish kind of like your well, what you think is going yeah, on? I'll tell, you, I'll tell you mine. I think the, the crux of all this that we're talking about is you wind up once you get all the nodes, yeah, turning off a big switch that is connected to what looks like a mind control helmet that is hooked up to some kind of like big computer, antenna, computer maybe, thing. yeah, and then it's when, shrouded. Once you do that, the boy that you're playing as goes limp just as all the rest of the husks he, he like he turns off kind of and like like goes into the the fetal position they kind of all end up in when you first find them yes which lends to the idea that again you're not running away from anything but you're running towards the huddle the entire time you have a mission because you yeah. are being mind controlled by the huddle in mm-hmm. order to free it right right so i think that the nodes um, they look very much like the mind control helmets. Yes. Um, I think the nodes are like a signal boost. Yes. And if you are if you're playing the game all the way through, then the idea without hitting the nodes, the idea is like the signal's being boosted. You are being controlled by the huddle. You yes. are breaking in. The huddle wants needs an outside agent to free it, and yes. you are now that agent. You're indoctrinated to do so. And I think what the nodes are, because you have to diverge yourself off the path, the path is you as the player taking agency of the character mm-hmm. and trying to free yourself right. from the huddle's control. By pulling out those like battery packs. breaking packs, all those, of the nodes. signal boosters, yeah. Exactly. Which, you know, then you can loop back in a, in a very non-linear fashion, loop back to the beginning of the game, find the bunker, destroy the final node, and then you're... Kind of free, free? yourself. But at the same time, you're... You're, are you just a husk? Are you like that's that's when it gets kind of muddy, you know? Which also kind of thematically synergizes with what's happening at the end of the game with the huddle, mm-hmm. because when you finally break free of the facility, you roll right. down this big hole, or you roll down this, this big hill. hill. You wind up in the sunlight, but it seems to really be strongly suggesting that you're dead. Either because your the huddle does I mean, not move. I think you. I think you're breathing until the end. It's kind of hard to say. Yeah, but I mean, you who knows? Who knows the fucking biology of this thing? You, you know? lose control of the huddle. Yeah, the c- credits roll, and you can't like you can't move. You or can twitch. sit there on that screen forever. Yeah, you have to actually quit out of the game. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's strongly implying th- it's dead. Yeah. So in that freedom, you are losing your life. Or like, you know, does it extend its energy and it's going to put you back in the tank, you know? And like, if this is if this is to the loop theory, um, I, I it's like, hard to... I like the synergy of freedom is the... Co- like, death is the cost of freedom. Yeah. I I think that is definitely like a, a, a common and strong interpretation of the game. But, like, the other things, like, you know, there's a picture of the husk in the bunker, the diorama. I have to show you, like, a picture of the diorama that they have. Because I, I saw it in one of the analyzing videos. I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't notice that. That's crazy. And that, and that changes not everything, but it's another, you know, layer on the on the onion of narrative. Sure. That you have to peel off. Which is what makes, makes this game so cool and oh, unique yeah. and interesting. Like, it is, a, it's, it is I think, a masterpiece yeah. of, of storytelling and video games. I mean, even, like, you know, in one of the videos I was watching, and, like, you know, kudos to everyone who puts out content trying There's to analyze stuff. There's a lot of analysis lot. Vi- yeah. videos for good, this one. Good for you guys. <laughs> a lot of fun stuff to watch out there. Um, but there's one guy who was analyzing, like, the, the pulse, like, section of the of the levels, and, like, he was just like, well, I think that it's, like, thunder or lightning is being like controlled by these nodes and it's like creating a heartbeat that's like the power of the facility and i was like mm-hmm. sure yeah why not that's great <laughs> well, one of the things i said to you last night was that mm-hmm. i think the section where you are being chased by the little girl was a earlier experiment where right. they realized that 
water is something that transfers the kind of uh, mind control energy because when yeah. you get to the husk or not the husk the huddle, the huddle yeah. it's submerged in water so like water could be a conduit for this mind control but in order to make mm-hmm. that work you need to breathe underwater indefinitely <laughs> so the little girls were experiments experiment. to make it so you can breathe underwater yes. and then yeah. they confer that power to you mm-hmm. yeah yeah no I buy that I mean it reminds me it's like Stranger Things where Ooh, you have but, to be yeah. like sensory deprivation so you can kind of let the mind you know go out and do what it needs to do there are many examples yeah. in media where that kind of thing and i'm is, sure this is pulling from that yes. for sure i mean uh professor x in uh well does he go into sensory deprivation he puts on the helmet deprivation he puts but he's all in the, that like big chamber yeah it's so he can't like it's the same idea yeah yeah to put yourself in isolation he's so you can amplifying do the, his do the brain thing yes yeah. he's amplifying his power that way um yeah i buy that too it's it's confusing only with not confusing I mean, whatever the girls are like they can kill you when you're in the submarine right but then eventually you get killed anywhere or you get dragged down to the bottom of the ocean to be changed which brings up the question like were they trying to help, help you, you the entire time yeah and if they're trying to help you while you're inside a pressurized submarine probably gonna go bad not, for you not so good help yeah so you know that's that's also up for interpretation whatever they attach you to like you know, again, it, it is just hard to say, like, if this is, you know, all intelligent design by the scientists who are doing this. There's a lot of people trying to stop you. Yes. So that kind of works against that theory, right. you know. Unless it's a test. Or unless the people wearing the masks are the good guys. Try okay. or like, or like, or the the worst guys, like, this is me just spitballing, but like, you know, the people wearing, the people killing you or trying to stop you are just like, he's going to free that thing. We need to stop him. Right. You know, that's the opposition. And by the time you get to the thing, people there are just like, the kid's here. We did it. You know, because no one in this in the facility at the end of the game are, we- are wearing masks or anything. Right. True. So, but the thing is, the characters who are wearing masks, the other time where they show up is when you're in like the assembly line with all the other husks. You have yes. to move in tandem with them. They're like taking notes on you and analyzing them. So you would think that they work together. Maybe. They seem like some sort of security team. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what you can imagine. Or they could be... I, I almost like the idea that they're like, you know... The overall... Like, the facility you break into the end of the game is owned by a different set of people than the facility you get to in the earlier parts of the game. Okay. That's interesting. You know? And like maybe, like, the mass people are analyzing the husks in a different way than the people analyzing the huddle are. Right. The fascinating thing is that we can sit here and have this conversation. Oh, yeah, we can talk about this forever. And probably you know? go on and on and on. And the more you look at the game and study the game and find those fine details like the diorama you were talking about, right. the more room for analysis and interpretation there is. Right. So this game rocks. It's very good. It's very cool. It's very, very, very cool. Yeah. You have any? Uh, I think we're pretty much getting to the close of where we want to go with this episode. So, do you so have any? Fast. I know it, it was kind of a breathless experience, yeah. but I, I think all the reasons that we've talked about make this a really like a standout example of the kind of interaction, interactive fiction you can tell with video games that are very mm-hmm. much like you can't. I mean, there are movies that work in sort of this way, but the layers to it are very much tied to. It's an interactive, playable thing. Yeah, and that's like you know the the point of uh, talking similar to talk about like the strengths of narrative in video games as a like, medium, as a medium, and yeah. where where can video games like you know not for better or for worse, but tell a story that's suited for its strengths, right? And, and this is one of those examples. and unique to its strengths as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely cool. So, um, closing thoughts here. Uh, um, next. On the docket? Do we want to hint at things? We want to... Do we know what we're doing? I think we know what we want to do. I think we have some ideas. Yeah. I mean, definitely... This this is where our heads are at. We really like doing the smaller, shorter games right now. We want to be able to crush some of those before... Listen, we played God of War. Playing Red Dead. We played Spider-Man. Those games are great. But to be able to successfully have an in-depth conversation, Jack and I have to kind of sync up our watches and play at the same time. A little bit. Hard to do for the 40, 60 hour games. Yes. But in terms of like shorter indie games, which generally do have, you know, ripe narrative experiences and to talk about. there are quite a few of them. Quite a few of those. So I know we want to do Celeste. Um, yes, very interested in doing Celeste. Definitely want to do Celeste. I can run through that real quick. 
Because Jack just recently finished it. I just it. finished it, so my so watch is uh, running a little fast. It's uh, synced, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to do Night in the Woods for sure. Yes, I would that, love to play through yeah, that Yeah, Night in the Woods I'd like to do. And, you know, it, for, all the, for all you guys listening, you know, if you have any examples or things you want to talk about, throw it at us. Yeah, suggestions are yeah. very welcome. Dona County, Florence, those are some games I really want to check out. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I have both of those. I haven't... Did you play I Florence? played a little bit of Florence. I have not played all the way through. Florence, Florence. I think, is short as fuck. It's a quick one. Yeah, yeah that which could is cool. be that could be a bite-sized episode if we wanted to do that. Yeah, but there's for probably sure. a lot to talk about in there. Yeah, um, Donut County. I'm 100 for. That's one of my favorite games this year. I uh, listened to the sound. I haven't played the game. I listened to the soundtrack through like five times. It's very good. It's very good. Very good. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, so keep your eye out for more Talking Simulator on the horizon. Yeah. Let us know. In the know. meantime. Talking Simulator is not the only podcast we do on StoryScreenBeacon.com, the website where we host many a article, review, podcast. We've got our Hot Take series where Robbie and I go and take a look at new movies that have just come out, give you our fresh impressions. You are the first to hear them on the microphone. So hot. We don't even talk to each other about them when we leave the theater. We save it for you, the listener. There is also our new series, Cooking with Quentin, which is hosted by the very lovely Mike Burge who has cooked us two meals now, and uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've been watching some Quentin Tarantino movies. It's a, it's a hybrid of our retrospective podcast that we did for Batman Fast and the Furious, and also a little bit of Tasty, where we're going to give some you nice videos in there. some, some nice videos recipes. where uh, Burge showed us the, the first video today, and it is splendid. It rocks. It's, it's online very, now. Very, you can good. see it. By the time you hear this, it will be up there, so it's go there. look for that. Make a fucking taco. Make a fucking taco. Buy a fucking t-shirt. Buy a fucking t-shirt. Beacon.com. It's easy. They're very nice t-shirts. I like them very much. Yeah. There's uh, some some good articles out there right now. Diana just did a mid-90s review. Um, that's very good. And yes. Rhea posted a kick-ass Star is Born article. And new uh, newcomer Jordan Young uh, has a King of the Kill article. That's also very, very good. There you go. So those are some stuff. So there's some light reading material Something to check out. for everyone. You can read an article while you're taking you're on the toilet. You know, you, you can, can do you it. just do it. You could do it when you're sitting anywhere, but even especially when you're on the toilet. You I think do it. any of our content really is toilet accessible. Yeah, if we had like a magazine, too bad printed media is dead. Maybe one day we'll bring it back. We'll see. But in the meantime, stay tuned for more Talking Simulator. I'm Jack Holojewski. Robbie Anderson. Find us on story underscore screen underscore beacon on Instagram and story underscore screen on Twitter. Goodbye. Peace. I think my favorite thing to do in Red Dead right now, because I uh, just doing some side stuff or just roaming around in the single player, is uh, I love robbing trains. Oh, you smash train robbing? That's my favorite thing to do. Well, in the post game, I've been playing robbing trains. I've been robbing trains. Well, in the post game, I've been playing as a fucking degenerate. Okay. I'm almost all the way to bad guy, <laughs> like as furthest bad guy Oof, as you can go.